I'm Lola, and you're listening to Gals with Goals, a podcast encouraging young women to pursue careers in male-dominated fields. Today, we'll be talking to Judge Sarah Evans-Barker. Judge Barker is a senior United States District Judge of the United States District Court for the Southern District of Indiana. Just to get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career? Okay. So this past week, I just hit my 38th year as a oh, judge. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, yes, thank you very much. Uh, nothing else uh, that's very auspicious happens in March. Uh, <laughs> with deference to whoever birthdays are in March. But in terms of usual benchmarks, there aren't very many. But it is my bench anniversary, so I always pay attention. It's the 30th of March. So I've been doing this a long time. Uh, and I, so I'll, I'll give sort of a 10,000 foot uh, overview of how I got to 38 years of judging. So I grew up in Northern Indiana in Mishawaka and I went to Bloomington to undergraduate school. I married, I, I uh, majored in um, social service. Uh, during, uh, I was active in student government and during a conversation with one of the graduate advisors, uh, a woman who turned out to be quite a good friend besides just this, the government advisor, I uh, said to me, uh, I think you should think about going to law school. And that planted a seed that I had never considered before. I'd never thought of that. I thought, in fact, it was sort of embarrassing because it was uh, a vast uh, overstatement of what I thought my talents and abilities were that I, she might as well have suggested I be an astronaut. <laughs> uh, so, but it did pique my interest and it started me on a search of law schools and the curriculum and so forth. And the more I, I learned about it, the more I thought about it, the more I thought this would be uh, maybe something I would like to do. And it would use skills that I thought I had. So I applied to law schools and I got in and I graduated from American University Law School in Washington, D.C., and I wanted to go out east instead of staying in the Midwest where I'd gone to undergraduate school. And right at the end of law school, I was really, really lucky because I landed a job as a legislative assistant in the House of Representatives for a congressman. And I did that for about nine months. And then I switched over to a similar job on the Senate side for Senator Percy. And I worked there and then on his campaign uh, in 1972, and um, in the meantime, Ken Barker, who had been my high school friend uh, with whom I had stayed in touch, I, uh, he asked me to marry him. So that meant I came back to Indiana. Although when I've asked him about it in the future, he said, well, you never asked me to come to DC, but <laughs> it was the expected thing that I come back to Indiana. So I did, I came back um, and was the first woman hired to be an assistant U.S. attorney, which was is the prosecutor. I didn't know that there were no women who uh, held that position. I didn't know that when I applied. I didn't go into it expecting to break a, a glass ceiling or break a barrier. Uh, I applied and happily the man who was the U.S. attorney was forward thinking and, uh, and very generous. 
And besides hiring me as the first woman, he also hired the first African-American man to be a prosecutor. So that was back in, uh, right at the end of 72. So I did that for about six years and I soon became the first assistant in the office, which means the chief of staff. And after there was a change in the White House, because it was a political job at that point, uh, I went into private practice, which I did for four years. Then I was tapped to come back and be the U.S. attorney, the top job, which I did. And from there, when the, my predecessor, Judge Holder, died, um, I was sort of available and sort of an obvious choice since I had done all the federal law stuff uh, to uh, throw my hat in the ring to be considered for a judgeship. So along the way, it was a lot of Senator Luger and a little bit of President Reagan. Uh, so that I was sworn in in March of 1984. Wow. Wow. There's, there's the overview in a nutshell. <laughs> That's incredible. So did you ever meet um, people along your journey who told you that um, you couldn't do it because you were a woman? Um, yes, of course, because you could tell I was sort of coming in as, as a, a new phenomenon as the woman. They didn't always say it with words. They would say it with attitudes and uh, remarks uh, with condescensions, honey, little girl this, little girl that. Uh, well, sweetie, if you'll get yourself over here, then you know we'll take care of such and so issue or whatever. So there was no mistaking the message. Uh, some There were people who were more hostile to it. I had a couple of colleagues when I was uh, first an assistant U.S. attorney who thought this was a bad move for them to put a woman in that office. And when I got to be a judge, you know, people are more deferential to judges, so they don't say uh, exactly what they're thinking. Um, but sometimes it'll come out like um, they'll say, uh, they'll be resistant to call me judge. So they'll say, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know, they just can't pick up that extra mile. Or they'll call me sir, because the old, the old habits come to the top. They'll say, Yes, sir. Uh, uh, judge, I mean, ma'am. So they trip all over themselves. They don't know exactly how to do it. So, yes, you could feel the resistance. The, you could feel the pressure to prove yourself. And uh, you had to do it, you know, sort of with a sense of humor and with patience. Not everybody intended it to be malicious or undercutting. But we were, we were making new footprints and people were not accustomed to it and people were free to have their views. Um, it's best probably if they didn't always share them with me. <laughs> Would you say that there are now more women um, involved in your field and that um, attitudes have shifted a bit? Oh, they've shifted a lot. And there are very many more women. Why look what's happening this very week in terms of the Supreme Court nomination. Uh, so very many more women, happily, happily, more, more women. On my court, uh, I, I have two women colleagues, uh, two out of the five judges uh, are women. 
Uh, I'm on senior status, so I'm sort of extra. But there's an allotment of five judges. So there are two women, three men. Um, And there are many. I just came back from lunch with one of my state court judge friends who's a woman on the Indiana Court of Appeals. So, yes, you know that old ad, you've gone, you've come a long way, baby. Uh, there's a, a lot of that sense of it. Are we there? Have we arrived? No. Because uh, there's still much made of the fact that it's a woman and there's stereotypes that get imposed. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I think women make very good lawyers and very good judges because uh, without stereotyping all women, and I don't want to do that, but it's within uh, uh, many women's uh, talent pool to do careful, patient, uh, thoughtful work in the sense that, you know, you have to go ploddingly through the problems. Yeah. So a lot of people thought, and they thought from as long as they've discussed it with me, that women would be natural judges because it's a very sedentary job and it requires you to sit and listen and listen and listen and take it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then going off of that, do you have any tips or um, advice for young women and girls who are wanting um, to go into law and to maybe become a judge? Sure. I, in fact, the, the tips and suggestions I give uh, are irrespective of gender. So they, I've given them to men, uh, law clerks and young law students that I've talked to and many others. So they're, um, they're applicable without regard to how you're entering the profession. So the first one is to trust your instincts. If you think maybe, no, this is too steep a hill to climb. This is too hard. This is, I, I'm not gonna be able to do this. If you have a sense about yourself that these are talents that you have and that you would like to develop, you should uh, trust your instincts to go ahead and try it. Uh, The law is a wonderful field to enter into because it's so broad. And we tend to think of people who are trial lawyers because they're sort of actors and they're into the theater of the law. There are many more fields in the law where it's desk work, it's uh, social work, it takes science, uh, trademark, engineering, all of those skills. So for as broad as the field of law is, we need that breadth of talent among lawyers. So uh, the other one is to prepare yourself. Uh, You you can't just jump in to do this at the last minute and have it look like it's gonna turn out too well. So by that, I mean, I read and learn to write. Those are the central skills. Um, And perfect it in a way that um, disciplines you to read and write in with, with skill and with nuance so that you're getting the right word. you have to be sort of the, the, a person who can uh, bring herself to do the right thing even when no one's watching because that's what it means to be a professional. And that means that you're holding yourself to a higher professional standard of, 
of loyalty and fidelity to your client and uh, to the court. Um, as when the lawyers become lawyers, they don't. When they graduate from law school, they've been made into lawyers. But when they pass the bar, we say they're officers of the court. And so, in order to fulfill those roles, you have to have a deep sense of integrity and honesty about what's going on, where the truth is, and how your client uh, needs you to to help them. There, there's a wonderful story, Lilia, about um, there was a, a guy who'd gone to his first uh, symphony and uh, he was asked afterwards how he liked it. And he said, well, he says, I think I should, I should tell the oboe player something. And the person who was asking said, well, what do you need to tell the oboe player? He said, I need to tell him in case he hadn't noticed that um, he only is supposed to play when the conductor looks at him. So <laughs> that's not how we do law. We don't do it only when people are looking at us. Uh, that it's, it's got to be something inside you that you sense is part of, of your own integrity. Um, it takes a long time to become a lawyer and a judge. So you have to be patient with yourself and go step by step uh, and keep your eye on the ball. Uh, don't, don't get discouraged, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then kind of just to wrap things up, if you could go back like 30 years um, to when you were just starting out, what would you tell yourself? Well, I'm going to take the compliment that that would have only been 30 years ago because I've already told you I was 38 years on the bench. <laughs> I'll take the compliment. I would tell myself the same things that I tell young lawyers now. I mean, they're born of my experience. Yeah. Uh, I was very dubious. I told you that when the idea was first planted in my mind, I thought, no, no, that's a bridge too far. And, um, the, and the more I thought about it, the more at ease I was with it, the more accustomed I was to the notion that I could do it. And then you just have to work really hard. There have been lots of times along the way where my only qualification to do what I was going to do next was that I worked really hard. And uh, you have to be in a position to give yourself over to the work because there's a, there's a very well-known expression among lawyers that the law is a jealous mistress, which means the law keeps you at your desk when you'd rather be doing something else. And the law uh, requires you to do certain things up and you can't fudge on them. So uh, you have to be prepared to give over to that when the needs arise, but it's a deeply satisfying profession. And one of the reasons is that it, it gives, it extends your reach into the world. You can do things of real value for people, real help. Uh, it gives you an understanding of how society works and how you can help reorganize people's affairs and their relationships so that they can get through troubled times. Um, so it's a deeply satisfying line of work. Thank you so much, Judge Barker, for sharing your expertise and wisdom with us. 
and thank you listeners for tuning in. I hope that you are more inspired and encouraged by hearing Judge Barker's story. Just like Judge Barker, you too can be a gal with goals in law.